How many of you are prepared to hear a good word from the Lord this morning? Some of you were like, I don't know why I'm going to church. Some of you were like, I'm prepared to go to church. I want you to know that the environment is ripe and prepared for you to hear probably one of the most important messages that we could hear right now in 2022. We're starting a new series this week, uh, and it's called The Power of Preparation. And uh, th this is what I know. American society has this propensity toward getting right to doing. We skip the process of preparation a lot of times. It's proven. There, there, there's a Western culture where we just jump in, and, and this is typically what we say. Let's just get going, and we'll prepare as we go. <laughs> How many of you have ever done this? Okay, I do this all the time. I jump in the car. My wife's a she, she is all about preparation. Okay, she's got the kids' bags packed. I'm like, just get in the car and go. We can stop at a store and take care of it, right? We could buy them new clothes if we have to. I'm the epitome of this. Preparation is usually overlooked in our society. So this is important. I find in, in my own life that if I understand the why behind something, I'm more apt to follow it and to follow through with it. Who can relate to that? Sometimes I don't know that we fully understand why we need to focus on preparing. So this is, I'm, I'm going to real quickly, why should we prepare? Why should we prepare? Preparation readies you for an optimal outcome of a mission. It readies you for an optimal outcome of a mission. Two things I want you to know this morning. Number one, that there is an overarching mission for your life. We could talk about a lot of things starting this series. I could talk to you about a lot of things that we need to prepare for, but today I want to talk about the overarching mission for your life and the optimal outcome. I want you, I want you to know that our goal is your growth on your mission toward meeting Jesus. Out of all the things that we can prepare for today, I want you to know I want you to be ready. I want you to experience the optimal outcome of knowing that you're ready to meet Jesus. We all have missions that we're completing in our day-to-day, -day. some of them big, some of them small. But today, uh, we're going to ensure that you're doing everything in your control. See, preparation is what you can do. to ensure an optimal outcome. How many of you know that life has a way of doing sometimes what it wants to do? Right? So, here, so here's what we need to know. You can't control a lot of times the outcome, but you can control how you prepare for the outcome that's coming. There's one thing that I know for sure is that Jesus is going to return. Amen? That's great news. Here's the thing. I don't know how a lot of things are going to turn out, but I've read the end of the story, and I know what's going to happen one day. I know what the ultimate 
optimal outcome is. Amen? I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a parable for us. And in this parable, this is Jesus. He's talking about, he's using a story. He gives us insight to the power of being prepared so that we can step into an optimal outcome on our main mission in life, and that's meeting him. We're gonna jump into this story in Matthew 25, verse one. It says, then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Now, I want us to understand uh, this wedding story is actually the story about you, the bridesmaid. It's about humanity meeting the bridegroom, Jesus Christ. That there is a day that our lamps need to be prepared for when we meet Jesus. The number one thing, I'm going to say this again, the number one thing that we make our goal to be is that you are prepared to meet Jesus As we go on, it says in verse two, five of them, five of these 10 were foolish. Can you turn to somebody and say foolish? Turn to another person and say foolish. Okay, five of them were foolish. Five of them were wise. Okay, so so how did this break down? The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise, and they were wise enough to take along extra oil. Now, can you turn to somebody and say, I want to be wise? Can you drop in the chat on our online campus, I want to be wise? Can, can, can you turn to somebody else and say, I want to be wise? Okay. When the bridegroom was delayed, oh, don't you know that whenever you're preparing for something, it, 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 feels, it starts to feel delayed. You start getting kind of impatient, don't you? You start thinking that the preparation was a waste because it didn't happen in the timing that you wanted. Jesus, I'm prepared for you. Why haven't you shown up in my circumstance? My lamp is ready. Right? All kinds of things distracting us from the wise action of preparation. I felt like this morning, as we were sitting in worship, God was just taking me and showing me this overall general sense of distraction that I feel like society has right now, where there's a general lack of peace and an unknowing, and we're distracted. And we're losing our focus, and we need to be wise in our preparation. And too often we're falling to foolishness. It says, when the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. So the five bridesmaids who were foolish didn't prepare, but the wise did. See, the wise didn't see preparation as a waste, but the foolish did. Oftentimes, we see the time spent in preparing for something as a waste of time. 
We overlook it. We forego, we forego it. It's unimportant. Preparation is wise. Why? Because it acts on knowledge in advance to ensure an optimal outcome for your mission. Wisdom, acting on knowledge. Preparation is acting on the knowledge you have in advance. It says, at midnight, they were roused by the shout. Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. Of course, when you just fall asleep, you know, it's like, you just, have you ever been, like, I've waited and waited and waited. I'm so tired, I fall asleep. Right when you fall asleep, you're like, I'm just gonna get some rest. Right when you fall asleep, you get the call. She's in labor. I've gotten that call. It says, come out and meet him. All of the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the other ones, please, would you give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out? Hmm. But the others reply, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some for yourselves. I just want you to know this wouldn't fly in society today. Why? Because typically when people don't prepare, they make it other people's responsibility. Okay, this is going to get kind of tense here for a second. I want us to understand the power of preparation here. The lack of preparation always attempts to shift the responsibility onto others to provide for their lack of preparation. When you feel frantic because you didn't prepare, you start looking around and asking everyone else and making it their, so, uh, you know, I haven't prepared myself financially, so I'm gonna look to others to make up for my lack of preparation. The average person doesn't start saving for their retirement until they're in their 40s. Can I tell you something? Preparation means taking personal responsibility. I am not responsible for your retirement. But you know what? I don't hold you responsible for mine. The lack of preparation says, I haven't prepared my heart emotionally to be in relationships. So I'm gonna make it everyone else's responsibility to meet my emotional needs. Are you, are you hearing me this morning? You want me to keep preaching? All, all right. I'm getting, that, I'm getting that general like look like, oh, whoa, it's Super Bowl Sunday. I was here just like pre-party, you know? <laughs> I'm just preparing my heart for like, you know, a ho-hum Super Bowl. There's no Tom Brady, <laughs> you know, there's no star team in it. Everyone I talked to is like, I'm just looking for the, I'm, I, I just want to see the, the, the halftime show. Okay, anyway. How about I haven't prepared myself spiritually? So I'm going to make it the church's responsibility. I'm going to make it your responsibility, pastor. I'm going to make it the leader's responsibility. I'm going to make it everyone else's responsibility to act on behalf of my preparation spiritually. Hmm. 
others create my peace. Verse 10, it says, but while they were gone to buy, oh, the five foolish bridesmaids, they, of course, run out because they're like, oh, you told us to take personal responsibility. So I'm going to do what you said. And they run out to buy some oil. What happens? The bridegroom comes. Then the house, I'm sorry, then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. And the door was locked. Uh Uh-oh. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me. I don't know you. So you too must keep watch. For you do not know the day or the hour of my return, Jesus says. What happened here? These five bridesmaids procrastinated and they failed to prepare for the biggest mission of their life. They failed to put themselves in a position where they could be found in a peaceful situation when Jesus returned. They failed to prepare for the optimal outcome of life's mission. This parable, undoubtedly, is a parable that Jesus is telling about this unknown moment that you and I one day will stand face to face with him. And you're either preparing like the wise bridesmaids or you're procrastinating like the five fools. But today, I, I, I want to walk through, I want to key in on three simple ways to begin unlocking the power of preparation in our life. And we're going to hit the snooze button on procrastination. Amen. Number one, prep work is urgent work. I'm going to define some things. Prep work is urgent work. Preparation simply means to make ready. Simply means to make ready. Let me define urgent for you. Urgent is critical, crucial, vital, high priority. So prep work is doing the work of being ready with a sense that it's crucial work that has to be done. Prep work is doing the work of being ready with a sense that it's crucial work that has to be done. It becomes urgent if you have vital information about what's coming. Now, the bridesmaids had vital information very, right, right away in verse 1. You're going to meet the bridegroom. <laughs> That's pretty important information, isn't it? Vital information. They're going to meet the bridegroom. Here's the vital information for us. We're going to meet Jesus one day. That's vital information. It's crucial, critical information that you and I need to understand. And it should create a sense of urgency. I know that my oldest daughter is uh, days away from giving birth to her and her husband's first child. Shandra and I's first grandchild. Super excited. 
And there's a sense of urgency that you hold when you know that you're pregnant with an expectation. Come on. That in our lives, much like my daughter, having a sense of urgency to be prepared for when my granddaughter comes. We already know it's a girl. (laughs) Girls keeping the streak alive. There's a sense of urgency attached to the knowledge, isn't there? Just to get everything prepped. To get your lamps ready. To be ready for something that you know is, but is not yet. That Jesus is, he's here, he's present with us, but he's not yet. Are you with me? Knowing creates a sense of urgency to motivate preparation for what is yet to come. You want me to say that again? A couple of you note takers. Knowing creates a sense of urgency to motivate preparation for what is yet to come. So prep work is urgent work, but at this point, I have to tell you something. It has to be made priority work. All 10 of them knew the bridegroom was coming. Only five made it priority work. Let me say that again. You may have heard this story a thousand times in your life. Jesus is coming. But what I know is that half of them who knew Jesus was coming didn't make it priority work. Is that you this morning? We're all hearing the same story. We're all getting the same information. We all understand that something is going to happen. Are you making it priority work? Because prep work is priority work. Priority work means making and keeping the main thing the main thing. You know how often immaturity leads us to making the minor things the main thing? Do do you know what I'm saying? Like we have a real struggle sometimes making priorities and keeping priorities, keeping the main thing, the main thing. We got to keep the main thing, the main thing. And priority work just means we're going to make and keep the main thing, the main thing. What was the main thing? The mission of meeting who? Jesus. (laughs) But I run around in life and I make the main thing, I make the priority Me meeting the expectations of everyone else. I make the priority my job. I make the priority that thing that I want to buy. I make the priority having the big screen TV from Best Buy because it's Super Bowl Sunday, which, by the way, is the number one day they sell the most TVs. We're preparing for something, guys. But the big game that America prepares for isn't the big game that's the main thing. We got to keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's the mission of meeting Jesus. Doing whatever prep work was necessary to meet the bridegroom should have been the priority for all 10 of them. 
They all had the same information. The lamps in this story represent your heart and my heart. Have you made it a priority to prep, to do the prep work of preparing your heart to be found by Jesus? Have you done it? The prep work of being found by Jesus in peace. Spotless and blameless because of what he's done on the cross. Second Peter 3.14 says, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things. What was he talking about? Looking forward to the day that we're going to see Jesus. When there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more tears, there'll be no more destruction, there'll be no more wars, there'll be no more disease, there'll be no more struggle. He's saying, looking forward to these things, be diligent to what? Be found by him in peace <laughs> without spot and blameless. He's saying, have your lamps ready. Are your lamps ready? I'm going to tell you where that prep work of having your heart ready begins. Repentance. It begins with you and me taking personal responsibility to turn from the things in life that are not giving us that sense of peace that aren't the main thing and turning toward Jesus 180 degrees and this is not a some people thing this is not you know just those who made mistakes that looks like this it's an all people and everyone thing. Why? Because every single one of us fails. Every single one of us in our humanity has missed the mark of the cross. That the first priority that I want to tell you this morning is, do you, do you have you set your heart upon repentance? I love in the book of Acts, you know, there's so many great, powerful moments in the book of Acts. But this one, it's so profound and simple. Acts 17, 29 says, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. It says God overlooked people's ignorance about these things. In earlier times, but now he commands everyone, everywhere, to repent for their sins and to turn to who? Him. Prep work is the priority work of turning 
turning from all the stuff, turning from whatever you're standing in now that's not leading to the peace that you were designed to live in and turning toward the person of peace. So when the urgency of prep work makes it priority work, then and only then would it ultimately become your peace work. Prep work is peace work. The preparation of readying your heart is going to give you a peace. Scripture tells us that goes beyond your understanding. It may not change your right now circumstances, but it changes the main thing, and that's your not yet circumstance of meeting Jesus face to face. All of the bride's maids slept, didn't they? All 10 of them fell asleep when he delayed. But only five of them, when they were suddenly woken up, only five of them experienced the peace of being prepared. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. The truth about prep work is you only realize you aren't ready after it's too late. I should have prepared. I should have put extra diapers and snacks in the bag. This is not peaceful. You only realize it when it's too late. So you too must keep watch. For you don't know the day or the hour of my return. This is our instruction today for you, for me. We should be prepared. When you're ready at any moment, this, this prep work that I'm, I'm giving you an opportunity this morning in a minute to step into, that I'm suggesting to you, it leaves you in this peaceful place to say at any moment, <laughs> come Jesus. Come at any moment. You can show up right now because I'm ready. Right now. It makes it easy to say, you know, I understand things are tough, but come Jesus. Because I'm ready at any moment. 
What about if you're, no, no, no. My lamp is prepared. The oil of my heart is prepared to illuminate and to be found in peace. For some of you, you're not living in the peace of knowing Jesus. And there's lots of prescriptions that I could give you that are very practical about preparation, but none of them, none of them is more important than this. I love this passage in Ephesians. It says, for he himself, that's Jesus, he is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. This is, this is what that means is that there's not an elite class of people. There's not some people that can walk into this understanding and do the prep work. And there's not just some people that have repentance available for them. It's Jesus Christ coming and removing every barrier, everything stopping you and I from moving into the peace of knowing him has been completely removed. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through what? The cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. Some of you this morning are far off and some of you are close, but we all need to hear the message, don't we? We all need the reminder. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Jesus has given you and I an op opportunity this morning for the optimal outcome of being revived in his peace. Of being refreshed in the peace of knowing that you're ready. Now this morning, uh, I'm gonna implore you to say no more procrastination. Kill it. Prepare yourself right now. Right in this moment. There's two important things we're going to do together as a family. Number one, we're going to pause and we're going to give space for the prep work of repentance. For some of you this morning, you're tripped up by whatever it is that you're sitting in. And I don't want to oversimplify salvation because Jesus Christ had to die brutal death for you and I. 
But it really does come down to this. Some of you need to give your heart, really give your heart over to Jesus this morning. If that's you this morning, would you do me a favor? Would you acknowledge that? First thing I want you to do is just acknowledge in your own heart. I need to give my heart over to Jesus. I'm now aware there's urgency that I need to make a priority. And I, I want to live in the peace that I was created to live in. Hey, Andrew, can you come jump on the piano? Let's close our eyes. So if you acknowledged it in your heart, do you know this is the most important step of your entire life? This moment, 21 years ago, I sat in a church And I made this decision, and it changed everything. I cannot attribute where I stand today to anything else but this moment. This is your moment. This morning, if you're saying, I. I need to give my heart over to God. John 5, 24, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. You will never stand on the outside of the marriage feast. And here I don't know you. acknowledged in your heart if this is your decision today it's the most important step you're ever going to make in your life we take it super serious would you do me a favor would you raise your hand this morning right where you're at because you heard the message amen keep your hand up because if you heard the message I have to tell you something you are now accountable that's you this morning you can simply right now in your own heart there's no magic prayer it's saying God I'm acknowledging this morning that I need the peace that only is found in you and I'm giving my heart over to you this morning now if you did that I want you to be sure that before you leave here, this is, this is a big step because we're serious about salvation. If you did that this morning, please do not leave here without finding one of the people on our ministry team who is gonna be up at the front and telling them, I made a decision today to kill procrastination, to quit hitting the snooze button. And I made a decision today because our goal is your growth and we want to help you walk that out.
You can't do it alone. And if you did that today for the first time, today for the first time, you get to participate in what we're going to do next. God gave us the, the power of preparation and repentance, but he also did in his communion. Some of us just need to be reminded. It's good for us to hear the message again today. To say, oh yeah, that's what this is all about. So when you walked in the door, you should have gotten a little cup. If you could grab that cup. If you don't have a cup, could you raise your hand real quick so our, one of our family members can get you one? If you don't have a communion cup, raise your hand. Raise your hand high. Cool. So there's two layers to the top of this cup. I feel like I have to give some instruction. If you're on our online campus, grab whatever it is you're using, donuts and coffee. So there's two layers. You're gonna rip the very top layer. It's gonna give you the cracker. The next layer is gonna give you the juice. First Corinthians 11, 23. I love communion. There's nothing that prepares your heart to be in the presence of Jesus like being in the presence of Jesus. And communion puts us in the presence, this common union with Jesus. And this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three: For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread. And he gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it into pieces and he said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Would you this morning take that wafer, take that cracker, take whatever you're using on online campus. Would you right now, would you just hold it out in front of you? I'm gonna pray real quickly for us. Lord, right now I pray and I thank you that you prepared a way for all of us, that you prepared a way for every single one of us to walk into the marriage feast, that you gave us this pre-feast uh, communion to be able like it's like an appetizer it's a snack it's it's a sign for what's what's to come but you did this for us that you prepared everything for us and you're preparing even yet in heavenly places for us we thank you for that this morning as we remember this as you as you take and you eat the cracker right now just just remember what it is that Jesus did for you and what he's prepared for you. Paul goes on, he says, in the same way he took the cup of wine after supper, saying this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this and remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Family, as you drink of this cup, would you remember the power of Jesus in your life today? But would you also remember the power of Jesus that we have yet to see when he returns? That it would create a consistent sense of urgency that leads to priority and that becomes our peace as you drink today of the cup. As you finish up, would you stand with me this morning? 
God is preparing. I really want you guys to know God is preparing our hearts. He's he's preparing us. And as we walk forward in this, the remainder of this year, I, I want you to know that the things that he's prepared for us, we have personal responsibility to take. And that ultimately his, his heart was, would be that we would step into the peace of an optimal outcome. And so as we walk out of here today, my goal for you is that today you've made your first priority having a ready heart to meet Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that your spirit that's resting in this place. Some of you right now are experiencing the peace that you've been need, like you've hit a breaking point. Literally right now, you're like, there's a sense of like you're overcome because you've hit a breaking point. You've been holding, some of you have been holding so tightly onto everything. You've been trying to do it all yourself. And God this morning is saying, would you release these things into my hands? Would you just let them go? Quit trying to fix the situations around you. Quit trying to bring your own peace. Don't place your peace in other people's hands. Jeff. Right now. This is very real for some of you. I'm gonna take a second. I just feel like the Lord has some things. Come on. Some of you are feeling that frantic feeling in your heart. You're running day to day You're barely getting through your day and there's no peace in your day. You're struggling right now. If that's you, would you do me a favor? Would you just, would you somehow like raise your hand, do something? I wanna pray for you, amen, 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 amen. Hey, Sherry, this young lady right here with the glasses. Yeah. Can you ask her her name, Sherry? What's that? Danielle. Danielle? Yeah, come on. You're ba- like, like uh, the picture that I get is like, you're like a, a oak barrel that is being pressed that like you feel like you're ready to burst. You can't contain any longer. God is doing some incredible and amazing things. He's speaking to you very clearly, Danielle. Your heart, you cannot take anymore. You're at the point where it's like, you know that you know that you know you have to just give everything to him. You're living in a situation um, that is, is proving to you that you can't do this on your, on your own. And right now, this message of a right now, 
like like quit procrastinating. It's you know now this this is hitting you square right where you're living right now. Is that making sense? Danielle, I just want to pray, um, Lord Jesus, come right now, right in the midst of her situation. Lord, where there's, she's hit a boiling point. Um, There's this internal pressure, God, that you would relieve it and you would bring your peace right now. Bring your peace right now. Sherry, just continue to pray for her. I think, Sherry, you got something for her too. If you need prayer this morning, we are always ready. This is normal for us. We just, we, we want to welcome you. If you need prayer, come forward. We have a ministry team that wants to pray for you. If you made a decision today to say, I'm placing everything in your hands today, Jesus, would you let somebody know, please? This is important. Next week, I'm going to jump into some very practical things about the power of preparation. Because we've established the number one thing we need to be prepared for is Jesus. Now I want to talk about some practical things that we can do to be prepared. Okay? But today, today is all about being prepared to meet Jesus. Amen? Amen.